Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Talking Lawn Podcast. Have Kelly Maxwell and Kyle Taylor of the Campfire Hour Podcast on this week. They are a whole ton of fun and are talking about all sorts of entrepreneurial things that they're doing. They have a lot going on and the way they run their podcast is a little different. They have most of their interviews done in studio with their guests and recorded live. So awesome way to do a podcast you might not have seen before. Enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Talking Llama Podcast, the podcast for podcasters. Thanks for stopping by as we discuss all things podcasting, like gear and creative processes, even marketing and promoting your brand. If you're looking to grow, monetize, or even just start your podcast, you're in the right place. The Talking Llama Podcast is here to help you tell your story to the world with confidence. Here's your host, Ian Roth. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Talking Llama podcast. Have Kelly and Kyle with us tonight from the Campfire Hour, where they talk about leadership, entrepreneurship, and are celebrating bold business owners that have awesome ideas and also have a lot of banter that goes back and forth between them and the guests. I had the privilege of being on their show a couple of weeks ago now, and it was a lot of fun. And these guys are such a just a fun group of folks to listen to. So how are you guys doing? Welcome to the show. Good. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're pretty good. It's great to be on your show. Oh, well, thank you. Just uh, I had to return the favor. I had such a fun time on your show, and it was just like, I, I wish like we were geographically closer to each other, because I yeah. feel like we would just have a blast all the time. We would. Oh, it'd be great. <laughs> Montana becomes more appealing by the day, especially with this COVID uh-huh. nonsense still going on. So yep. my youngest loves llamas and alpacas. So we're like, you know what? Screw it. We'll just go be alpaca farmers out in Montana. and you know, just- Lots of land for sale up here. That you know, could yeah. be a reality. I was about to say, if you come up here, my sister just bought a bunch of llamas, so we could go out and we hang could, out with we them. We could get you the homie hookup. Llamas or alpacas? Uh, they're llamas. Llamas. Yes. Alpacas were a little too pricey. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy, the price difference between the two. Like, it's nuts. Well, everyone wants that wool. Yeah, and I just want the badass llama that's 400 pounds and right? spits on you if you get too it's close to it. That's all I want, yeah. you with its hooves. Right? <laughs> Completely not practical, you know, just what, why do you do with your llamas? Well, I just like, they walk around and like, you know, that's Lawn it. ornaments. Really. Yeah. Ter- terrible business. Uh, <laughs> idea. Llama just, stuff, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's uh, my wife and I have the joke, like they just have that face that like, when they look at you, they're thinking to themselves, like, what the F are you looking at? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Sorry, really I'll back do. up. Mm-hmm. You don't want to mess with them, but yeah. talking llama, talking llama podcast. Here we are. So, uh, are. yeah. For the campfire hour, you know, I gave a real brief description. I'd like to hear it from your from you guys in your words. What made you start your podcast and you know what do you talk about? So really the whole initial thought process behind our show was um me and a friend of mine were very heavily involved in our local next gen um community. It's like a networking group, it's for 40 and under. And Montana is still very old school. Uh the culture here is very conservative. It's very um you know, very stereotypical. If you think, you know, it's, it's still the old West. So not a lot of it. I'll, I'll be honest. All the decision makers are old white dudes. They don't like the arts. They don't like change. They don't like anything that looks like it could possibly be liberal for lack of a better term. And so there's a lot of us up and coming entrepreneurs that really want to pay tribute to our roots. Um, I'm a, from a Montana ranch family. So 
a lot of us here, we, we want to hold on to our roots and, you know, the way we were raised and our work ethic. But at the same time, like we want that progressive things to come here. Billings is the biggest city and we're at 120,000 people. There's only a million people in the entire state. Like it's, um, you got to be really innovative to make money up here. Wages are pretty low. We're one of the lowest wage states in the nation. So we were brainstorming one night about like, what can we do to change, like change the culture here? That's really what we're in the midst of is there's a real big culture shift right now. And um, we came up with a podcast like we have a, we can have a voice. We can celebrate young entrepreneurs who are doing big, bold things um, starting locally in our state, in our community. And uh, we also really like to banter. So <laughs> we like to drink whiskey. We like to roast each other. So that was kind of the basis. The initial basis of the show is let's get people that are, you know, initiating change. Let's get them on the show. Let's celebrate their success. We strongly believe in collaboration over competition. We don't believe in the old ways of doing business anymore. So um, really, yeah, that's how it all came about. And it's just really evolved from that, that foundation. Kyle, anything to add? I mean, really, what she said was pretty spot on. It was, you know, we sat down when I, I got to join um, as a producer. When our previous producer had um, decided that he didn't really want to be in the podcast game anymore. And I'd been kind of involved since the beginning. I was really pushing for him to start it, and I, I kind of missed the boat on being on the show. But as soon as I was given an opportunity to jump on as the producer, you know, I, I really embraced the idea that instead of it being a super formal podcast where you know you sit down, you ask the same questions every time, it was just more of a conversation, like you'd bring, you know, kind of a a bigger business person, um, you know, that's kind of doing their own thing, kind of going against the grain. You'd bring them in and instead of sitting down and being like, oh, well, how would you do it? Like, what's your past? And asking the same 50 questions everybody asks just to bring them in and have just a really informal conversation with them. And yeah, you're still talking shop and you're still talking business, but it's not scripted. It's not hard to listen to. It's, it's still a good time. It's the same conversation you'd have if you were going to a bar and having drinks or mm -hmm. sitting down and talking over dinner. So more conversational opposed to very structured kind of interview yes. have to hit all these 10 questions that I wrote yeah. down before the show. Yep. We yeah. don't script our show and we don't censor our guests. We want people to be exactly who they are. So mm -hmm. if dropping the F-bomb is part of your normal verbiage, like just come be yourself. So with that said, our, our show is not for everyone. Definitely. It, we are a little abrasive. We're a little edgy. We get edgy people on, but, um, you know, we attract our people that way. Yeah. That, that, that's awesome. And that's, uh, that's why it was so fun being on your show. It's just like, be yourself, super low. Mm -hmm. We call it low threat or like low stress. And it was just, it was so much fun. And the shows, the episodes I've listened to of you all, it just seems like everybody has fun. You guys, the person who's on the show, not so much like a hot seat. It's just like a yeah. person's there having fun and you guys are just going back and forth. We really, really want to hit hard about like, we're not special. We are all just trying to figure this out we're all young entrepreneurs we're doing the best we can with what we've got and we want it we want our show to reflect that we're like we're not in a hot seat trying to be better and slinging out business advice like let's have real conversations with our pals we like to have our guests live in the studio when we can because then you really get that energy of we're just a couple of pals having drinks talking real life stuff so that's kind of the model having the guests live in the studio obviously i was not able to travel to montana yes. and probably could not have anyway but up until, you know, the recent events, like what percentage of guests did you have in the studio? I don't know many podcasters that have the guests physically there, which I think is awesome. Mm -hmm. But uh, how 100%. many? 100%. Yeah, up until no COVID, we yeah. had 100% of our uh, guests were live in the studio. And we even traveled. Like if we needed to go to a guest, we would pack up all our equipment and go 
Like we went down to Wyoming to interview Bert Kuntz. Like we were willing to meet you where you're at just to have that authenticity. So COVID did change that a little, but in a good way, because now, you know, like you got on the show and there's people all over the world now that I've um, met through LinkedIn and I went to PodFest. And so a lot of cool people that I'd love to get on the show that it's just not going to be reality to get them to Montana and have them in the studio. So it did kind of open open those doors for us to kind of branch out outside of Montana or Wyoming or our region. That's great, especially establishing the in-person connection. And mm-hmm. I, I can assume that you've formed stronger connections with those folks as opposed to just, you know, a, a phone call or a podcast yeah, interview. Yeah, absolutely. Even like Wayne, I met Wayne down in um, in Orlando because we were at PodFest together and he reached out and said, hey, I see that you're here. I'd love to meet up with you guys in real life. I've been following your show. And so I met up with Wayne and he's before COVID hit, he had plans to come up here this summer, but um, still kind of playing it by ear. But if he makes it up this summer, you know, we'll have him on the show live. Like that's the kind of stuff we're holding out for. Like, sure, we could get him on now or we could wait and see and hopefully get him in the studio and show him, show him our route, show him our town and. Just really cool stuff, you know? Yeah. That's great. Wayne is the man, by the way. He if you haven't checked man. out Wayne's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome guy. So check out his show. We'll link it in the show notes. Um, yes. So next question is probably for you, Kyle. But Kelly, I don't want to rule you out of it. But no, that's fine. who do you guys use to host? I think I read Buzzsprout. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. Um, and Kelly does a lot of that stuff. She she does all the marketing and so. I stand I'll, corrected. I'll produce the episodes and, you know, get those done for it. And then. You know, I'll share them with her and then she'll upload them to us. She does the description. You know, she's the social media guru. So then she goes in and tags everybody and links all their pages and gets all their information out there for everybody. So that's, we, we have, do use Buzzsprout, yeah. but Kelly's the mastermind we, behind all we've that. We've got a good workflow system where Kyle produces the show. He, you know, edits it, exports it to me, and then I take it and upload it and push it out on all our platforms. Um, Buzzsprout, I've been super happy with. I met them. I actually won a free ticket to go to PodFest through them. So they are the ones who got me to PodFest. And they, I really love their business model because they, um, they're a lot like us. They're like, this isn't about us. This is about you. We're here to celebrate you. We're, they don't even have a page on their site that highlights who are Buzzsprout users. I guess that's a thing with other platforms is you can kind of rank higher on their site and they're like, no, we don't want that. This isn't a competition. This is about you guys doing what you do best. So I think that's why I have brand loyalty to them. They have the very similar mindset we do when it comes to as far as, you know, business and the structure of our show. That, that's so true. Buzzsprout is phenomenal, super easy to use. Mm-hmm. And I know their customer service. I haven't personally interacted with them, but I've heard a lot of, a lot of other podcasters say they've met them or yep. called them on the phone and they're nothing but extremely helpful and professional. Yeah, super down to earth. I brought the CEO a bag of whiskey coffee when I was down there in Orlando. Like, they're, yeah, they're just cool people. So, yeah. Are they they're, a U.S. company? Mm-hmm. They're based in Jacksonville, I believe, Florida. Oh, no kidding. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yep. Did not know that. For going into some more technical details for microphones, your the sound on your show is pretty good. And I know you often have a lot of people in one spot. So mm-hmm. how do you guys kind of hook up your sound to get really good, clear quality sound with uh, all the people in the room. I mean, so we were running four of the, I don't know if it's newer or newer, um, N-E-E-W-E-R, uh, the NW-700 mics. We've got four of those. Um, we got, oh, we got, what is it? A Bayringer soundboard. I mean, we have a pretty, it's a basic setup, but it's a mm-hmm. good one. Um, and 
the one thing we've run into is our soundboard is only capable or capable of running four mics. And a lot of the time, like we'll have double guests, you know, and there's three hosts. So we only have four mics. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, so it gets a little complicated trying to, you know, get two people to be able to exchange and one person to lean in and talk and the other person to lean in and talk. But we do the best we can. It sounds like a simple setup, but pretty complex just with the number of people that you have there. So kudos to you guys. I mean, sound is great and not easy miking more than one person and having it sound that good. So great appreciate job, that. man. Yeah, we yeah, really no appreciate problem, it. Of course. I, I want to go back to, you spoke about your workflow and I think a lot of people who are not podcasters don't realize the amount of time and energy and sometimes misery that goes on behind the scenes and all the other stuff that has to happen. So if you could kind of walk me through and walk the listeners through your workflow, starting from maybe identifying a guest that you want to have on the show, going through the recording, editing, and then publishing social media stuff. Sure. I do a lot of the backend stuff. Like this is my baby. I own my own marketing agency. So I have the freedom and the flexibility to do all that. Cause like you said, it's like having a part-time job. It is a lot of work to pull this off and especially to release a weekly episode. So I have the freedom and the flexibility and the time to do all of this. So I am the one who reaches out and finds the guests. Um, either they're referred to us or they're people that we've been following or have our eye on. And then I'll reach out and ask them to come on the show. And then we choose one recording day a month and we record three to four episodes and all of our episodes are only 30 minutes. So we just stack them back to back. We usually give ourselves a 15 minute buffer in between recording so we have guests you know coming in the studio or we have them set up to zoom in or whatever we use and then um we record once a month and then it gets passed off to kyle he does all the producing in studio um he does the recording he makes sure all of our sound and our mics and the soundboards all working correctly and then um kyle edits all of the episodes and then he bulk sends them to me and then i schedule them out on buzzsprout i create all the content for social media and um you know, polish it up there and get it out. So we release an episode every Friday morning at nine our time. When you say he bulk sends them to you, does he put them in like a Dropbox or email? Yep. We have a shared uh, Google Drive. Yeah. So I just I just upload them to Google mm -hmm. Drive and um, and then I have them send them over to Kelly. Yep. Okay. Um, I haven't done that for anything bigger than like a Word or Excel file, but I mean, like the the file size isn't an issue when putting you know 30, 45 minute episodes on on there. No, 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 not uh, if you have the space in your Google Drive. Yeah, just I mean, it, it uploads them one at a time, so you don't have to like worry about it overloading itself. But yeah, it just uh, uploads them all. I've got pretty decent sized Google storage. Kelly, I just upgraded to a terabyte because I had maxed it out with all my client stuff that we share. So um, I have a terabyte now, and so we've got plenty of storage space. Yeah, so it's it's mm -hmm. not a big. And uh, she calls me the producer, but really. Our show is is live and it's raw, so I I clip out the white noise at the beginning. I usually just get us to a point where the banter is good before we actually kick the episode off, and then when we're done talking, I cut it off there. I put the intro and the outro on. It's not a lot of work for me unless there's blank spaces in it where we don't talk for you know ten or fifteen seconds at a time. But uh, Kelly is Kelly is the driving force behind it. She. You know, puts out she makes a post every day for every episode i do i post content every day all week long we promote our guest that's coming on friday and then we also add in you know coffee posts and fun stuff and mm -hmm. local stuff what are you promoting your episodes on what platforms mainly and what have you had success with 
So Facebook by far is the biggest thing, especially up here in Montana. Uh, we are very heavy Facebook users. So most of our demographic is on Facebook. We are also on Instagram. Um, I found that is very frustrating to grow. I'm not a fan of Instagram, um, but we have one and we still put content out and we're working on growing it organically as best we can. And then um, Twitter never caught on in Montana. Nobody here uses it. Nobody cares <laughs> about it. So uh, when I was down in PodFest, literally everybody's talking about tweeting and Twitter and why aren't you on Twitter? And so we have, we have a Twitter now just because I guess you, you're supposed to. but. Um, it's not something we really utilize that much. We put our stuff out and I'm trying to slowly grow that organically too, but really Facebook heavy. Um, I use my own personal LinkedIn as well to promote our episodes every week. And, you know, I talk about podcasting and coffee and everything else on there. So LinkedIn and Facebook by far have gotten us the most engagement and the most traction. I hate Facebook so much. And I'm like one of the last holdouts of using necessary Facebook. evil. <laughs> yeah, I know. And everybody I hear... That's that's what they say. Like you got to have a Facebook to promote it, and I don't know. Yeah. I'm just it's my stubbornness that I'm still relenting. If Kyle was not part of this, and obviously we're a couple, so if he's not with me, and he wouldn't even have social media. I was literally, I was <laughs> literally just about to delete my Facebook account, and then the fire department I'm on is like after me begging them for like four years to make a fire department Facebook account. When I was finally about to click the delete button on my account. They're like, hey, do you want to run our Facebook page for us? And I was like, oh, my gosh, I was so close to being done. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. He begrudgingly lets me tag him in all the things. <laughs> oh, that's not true. At him. He loves that it. That sounds stressful. I just, oh, <laughs> like, that gives me repressed memories of, like, getting tagged in awkward party yeah. pictures from yeah. college. Then I'm like, you know what? I'd never want to see those again or be associated no, with those Let again. me tell you something cool. Now that Facebook implemented on your personal Facebook, you can um, make it. So if anyone ever tags you in anything, it has to be approved by you before it gets posted. So I, I have that turned on. So when people try to tag me in that nonsense, then I'm like, nope, hard no. Kelly posts so, enough content that every once in a while I'll get a notification that I, I've been tagged in something I need to approve it. And so I'll click on the notification and then there's like 40 posts <laughs> that oh, she's geez. tagged me in that I need to approve. So I just go through and click accept on all of them. So do you... It won't even actually let the thing post until you approve well, it. They'll Is post that... it. They'll post it on theirs, but it doesn't show that you're tagged or, okay. or part of that any of that. So you can kind of regulate a little bit. I think, yeah, people don't follow good social media etiquette. So can you have a business Facebook page without having a personal account? No, you have to have a personal one. Um, a few business owners that I work with don't also don't want a Facebook page. They just don't want to have a presence personally. So we make them catfish pages. Basically they're, we friend enough people to make them look legitimate and, um, use that to run their business page. Is so. there, is there an owner like on the, on the business page to say the owner is so-and-so and then only if you yeah, allow guess... that too, that's another feature that you can list yourself that you're associated with this business, or it can be completely private from the public. Okay, interesting. Is it shady AF if there's no business person, if there's nope. no person associated no. with it? It's actually a new feature that they just added, I think, last year. So it's actually more common that you have no idea who runs that business or who, unless they are very heavily involved with their face associated with the business. Like there's businesses that you don't even have a clue who their team members are, who's running it. So um, yeah, Facebook's done a really good job the last couple of years uh, kind of locking that stuff down. 
just, you know, basic social media etiquette stuff. Like don't tag me in stuff you didn't ask me to tag in. Like, you know, don't yeah. don't show people my private stuff. I was so. about to say don't post an embarrassing picture of me from like yeah. eight years ago and tag me in it because I'm gonna deny it. Yeah. Like Yeah, um, that's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid mm -hmm. of that stuff catching up to me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'd make a catfish account <laughs> and then have your okay. your podcast page like just friend maybe 50 friends just to make it legitimate so people don't think you're a scammer or anything or you know but okay no that's a good that's point and, and you guys one. do your podcast promotion through like the company page or the whatever i whatever it's identified as on facebook for your podcast yeah and i because we are because billings is so small and we are pretty well locally known i utilize my personal page a lot for my own personal brand so same thing as my LinkedIn. A lot of that, um, a lot of what I do is sprinkled in there, but uh, the main promoting the podcast is the podcast page. And then we'll tag our guests every week. Um, we have a different guest on every week. And the reasoning behind that as well, when we first started talking about having our own show was then we hit a different audience every week and that's how you grow. You yeah. know? So um, cross tagging, cross collaborations, people see all that stuff. And then you're gaining new listeners, new audience every single week. So that was part of our marketing strategy. Oh, that's a good point. I think I'm going to take that dive sooner rather than later and try to get some more growth out of the show. Yeah. But no, I appreciate the advice. Didn't know you could do any of that. And yep. it sounds like Facebook's changed a hell of a lot in the, over the, since 2006 when I was oh, on yes. last. So much. I don't even think you can poke people anymore. Amazing Great. That was fan, awkward. And nobody and does it anymore. <laughs> so. Good. And they um they implemented you, businesses can follow other businesses now because before it was all about likes, right? How many people right. are liking my page? How many people are liking my post? But really now any business can go follow another business. So we have more followers than we have actual likes on our page because we've got several of other businesses. People can follow your page but not like it. So they're really kind of um they bought out Instagram. So I think they've merged a lot of those features together well, and they they've, own Instagram and LinkedIn. They've also they? bought LinkedIn as well. So jeez. That's scary. Big Brother's always watching. Yep. So kind of creating a monopoly there. Yeah, just a little bit. Mm -hmm. Going a couple more questions I just wanted to hit up. Have you guys pursued any sponsors or is that something that you would consider down the road? So this is kind of a fun story. So we were podcasting. We started our show. Our first episode dropped March of 2019, first week of March. And then that summer, um, I was part of a women's networking group just that was statewide. And this gal who makes apparel, she's up by Missoula, which is like seven hours away from us. Montana is a big state. And she messaged me on Facebook and she said, hey, I just absolutely love your guys' show. I love the content you put out. If I send you and Kyle hats, will you wear them and do like a sponsored post for me? I'll just send you hats for free if you're willing to post about it and tag me. And that was just on my personal social media. And I'm like, heck yeah. So she sent them and we did a fun post. And we got really good engagement and she got some sales out of it. So last year we were like four months into podcasting. We got our first sponsor. She asked if she could sponsor our show. So Montana Brand Apparel sponsored our show the rest of 2019. Um, we decided our season would run March to November. And then we took that holiday break to launch our coffee company. So we were, again, drinking whiskey one night. And we were like, hey, how are we going to monetize our show? Because, you know, getting 10,000 subscribers, that's a lot. To get real sponsors, you know, that kind of stuff. So right. we're like, heck, we'll monetize it ourselves. Let's make whiskey coffee. So we did. And so we launched the coffee company this last December. Um, and then going into 2020, we launched our season again in March. 
and we got approached by a local financial advisor who, you know, I know from networking and he's a friend and he came on the show last year and he said, hey, I really love what you guys do. I believe in everything you do. Can I sponsor your show? Um, how much would that cost? And so I gave him a number. I said, hey, you know, this is this would help us. We need to buy UPC codes to get into retail for a coffee company. I'm trying to build this thing debt free. Um, slow going, but, you know, it's debt free. So I need this amount to buy UPC codes. And so he just cut me a check for the entire amount. And that was his sponsorship for the year. So, oh, um, yeah. So, that, so yeah, we have had, I mean, halfway through our first season, we got a first sponsor and then uh, got another one that approached us. And really, truly, it's all because of the content that we put out on social media. That so. is a great story. Mm-hmm. That, is, that is awesome. And um, actually, I have to give credit to his coworkers. So they, they have a financial, they're financial advisors in an office. And the girl who does all the recruiting in their office, she's the one that said, hey, Jeremy, because um, they're very limited on what they can say. Um, when you're so when you have your broker's license, like you are very limited on what you can do on social media. So she was like, Hey Jeremy, um, why don't you reach out to the crew? Because you can't say stuff about what you do, but they can say whatever the heck they want. And so <laughs> that was part of his reason for sponsoring us was I need good content. You guys put out good content. I can't talk about, you know, what I do, but you guys can in depth. So it's just a win win for everybody. It is. Yeah, that, that's great. That's great that you were able to help someone and, you know, it just kind of was, it helped both parties. That's, that's a great story. You mentioned, you mentioned this a couple of times, but seasons. So I know a lot of the podcast hosting platforms have seasons as like a, a way you can set up your episodes. What kind of like, like structure or strategy do you have behind that? Or, or I guess I'm asking, how do you group your episodes using the seasons? So really, it's March through November. We release an episode every single Friday morning at 9 a.m. Mountain Time. Like there is no there's no groupings of, um, you know, like industries or anything. It's whoever is okay. available because we like we prefer to record our guests live. Whoever can come live to the studio and record with us each month, then that's who's coming up for the next three or four weeks, you know. And really, the only time we shuffle that around is when um, there's an episode that's more time sensitive mm-hmm. than another one. like a- if someone has like a sale or if they're releasing a product, you know, on a certain date, like we'll bump theirs up in the order so we can release it close to when yeah. they're releasing that product or close to when that thing's happening. But other than that, yeah, just whoever comes in the studio first gets released first. Yeah, first. we are very, um, we are very sensitive to time relevant things. So like you said, if someone's starting a new business or launching a new product, we're like, hey, let's get you on the show record now and then we'll coordinate your episode with what you've got going on. So it's just another layer of marketing that they get to promote what they're doing. You said March through November. Why those specific months? Well, really, because in 2019, we had the conversation about starting the podcast in January and then pulled it together and just started recording in February. So we decided we wanted a weekly show. So March was when we were ready to launch. So we launched in March. And then the reason we stopped in November was because, A, it's exhausting. Releasing a weekly episode is a ton of work. We were feeling burnt out. We also had all the coffee stuff going behind the scenes. So we're trying to launch the coffee company. I mean, you know, with any startup, there's a ton of time, a ton of resources, a ton of costs associated. So it was a it was a combination of burnout and also let's take a holiday break for our own mental health, but also so we can solely focus on launching this coffee company. So that's and then we decided, you know, we really like that break. We needed it. Uh, 
Christmas season's always going to be our biggest retail season for selling coffee for gifts and stuff. So we just decided that's going to be our season going forward, March to November. So we give ourselves that break and just sell piles of coffee. And I suspected it was kind of around those lines. I mean, because it is exhausting. And then of course mm-hmm. the holidays, holidays are in there and, you know, doing all this hard work and it is hard work, believe me, during yeah. the holiday season when you want to be with friends and family and relaxing is, is extremely, you know, it pulls you away and it's very mentally taxing. And I like what you said. I mean, if you're a podcaster out there, it is okay to take a break. It's okay. And we still put out content that whole time. So it's not like we just fell off the face of the earth and all of our listeners were like, what happened? We said our season's going to end, but we have something huge coming up. So we built a lot of hype to launch the coffee. And same thing this year. We'll, we'll still sell coffee through the holidays and we will take a break, but we'll still remind people we're, we're here. We're still collaborating. We're still working on big things and we'll be back in March for, for our next season. Yeah, for sure. That, that's a great idea. It gives you guys the break and, and it lets you focus on something else, something yep. else that you're passionate with. And, you know, so you don't get burnout because I, I'm almost getting there. I've yeah. been, yep. Breaks are necessary. It, breaks are absolutely necessary. So you don't go insane and you can just mentally check out for a little bit and definitely needed. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So Kelly and Kyle, appreciate you guys being on the show. That wraps up the questions I had for you. Where can listeners go to listen to your podcast, find out more about what you all do with your coffee and your marketing group? And yeah, we'd love for you to tell them that. So the best place you can go to see everything at once is campfirehour.com. That has the podcast that has a little bit about us. It has the link to all of our episodes. It has where you can buy coffee, merchandise. We have apparel. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Campfire Blend is on Twitter, the coffee company. Uh, Campfire Hour is on Facebook and Instagram. You can connect with me personally, Kelly Maxwell, on LinkedIn. If you want to see Kelly's marketing end, make sure you follow Ember Marketing Group on Facebook and Instagram. Mm -hmm. She is just, she's on top of it. Well, it was a pleasure having you guys on the show and stay safe out there and keep putting out that uh, awesome podcast. Hey there, my llama friends. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Talking Llama podcast. If you want to learn more about Talking Llama Media, please head to our website at TalkingLlama.com. If you find value in this show, please subscribe so that you stay up to date with all new episodes. And if this content really speaks to you, share it with a friend or consider leaving a review. Doing this not only spreads the Talking Llama message, but who knows, could possibly help someone take their first step in starting their own podcast. If you really want to take your support for Talking Llama Media to the next level, I would be extremely grateful if you joined the Talking Llama Herd and became a patron. We have three levels of Patreon tiers, all of which give you access to unique, additional Talking Llama content. Thank you so much for your support. Stay confident, stay creative, and most importantly, speak your legacy. See you next time.